And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Saddle for battle, folks. It's the Hagman and Hagman report on this the uh, on this the the day of days. We had uh, Trump in town in our hometown. That's right, Trump and Priebus and company. Um, we have a lot of information to get into on this show on this special broadcast. I want to thank Joey for uh, covering for me yesterday. I was conspicuously absent, wasn't I? Well. Uh, that was me laying on the beach. Actually, I was um, I was busy outing gay Olympians or homosexual Olympians. No, no, that wasn't me. I'm sorry, that was uh, the beast. Um, I, I must have been uh, I must have been hacking the uh, the the DNC servers. No, that wasn't me either. That was Guccifer. Yeah, I was I was laying at the beach, folks. Uh, Hagman and the Hagman Report. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator researcher, my son Joe Hagman, something I like to call America's father son premier investigative reporting team, coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful, sweltery northwest Pennsylvania where the humidity and temperature makes it feel like, oh, I don't know, an oven. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And of course, you know, tonight we're fighting against, uh, what? We're fighting against a lot of different footage. Uh, uh, I guess there's a football game on, maybe. I don't know. There's all sorts of things, but, uh, you can't. It's I mean, the first, it's the beginning of preseason. It's not really, uh, it's the beginning of preseason. Not really a, uh, event people right. flood the watch. Oh. Well, one exception. But as football another, season right? starts and, uh, you know, the some of the debates I heard were scheduled behind or right back to back with the uh, football games. Yeah. Republican Democrat presidential well, debates yeah. are being scheduled yeah. during uh, actual football games, which is a first. Nice, nice. Well, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah, uh, sometimes. Know, I mean, uh, <laughs> all right, but well, they, it, it seems to be being done in order to take a an eye off of the debates as most people who are who pay attention to the mainstream media and who you know don't ask too many questions who play in and, and buy into the political theater will watch the football game and the debates on the news they will see highlights and opinions with those highlights all right and that's not on right. purpose yeah, well, and folks, if my hair looks a little crooked tonight, it is. Yeah, I, 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 I took the Floby to the butcher shop today. <laughs> I took the Floby to him. I, I, you know, you could be honest. I, okay, you were you were napping in your chair at the office, and I took the Floby, and you you moved, and and look what happened. Uh, but but uh, yeah, on a more serious note, yeah, you, you know, you look a little crooked there. Yeah, it's all right. <clears throat> it's pretty bad. I'll have a fix by it. Monday. Just shave it. I, I can't. First thing I did when I came in today, I said, uh, hey, do you mind if we, uh, do audio only tonight? 
And he oh, said, no, no, no we no, can't do no. that. No, of course not. Of course not. Now, we've got, we've got a lot of, a lot of things to get into. The, 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 the thrust of tonight's program, as heard right here on Global Star Radio Network, where we're joined, you know, we're in good company on, on Global Star Radio Network, um, with, uh, uh Ted Brower's show, with, uh, Russ Dizdar's show. We're in great company. We want to thank Global Star for airing us, but we're simulcast on BTR, of course, and, uh, that's Blog Talk Radio, and also we can watch us live right here on our YouTube channel. Um, j- just looking here, we've got represent- represented right now, uh, listening and viewing. Uh, we've got, uh, we, we've got, I don't know, it looks like 18, 19, 20 countries, and uh, I think every state in the United States, including Alaska. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, well, a, a lot of things. The the thrust of tonight's programs or tonight's programs is really the um is going to be about the growing body count in the political venue. Of course, bodies and evidence reveal body of evidence as political murder count rises. We're going to be talking about this. You're going to be hearing and reading more. Well, you're going to be reading uh, my report on this and um, hearing more about this as time goes on. And um, um, this is an important thing. But before we get into that, we're going to get into just we're going to touch touch on Joe um, the news of the day, the hot headlines, the information news that you need to pay attention to. I I certainly believe. I think that it's important. To, just some news items that we're going to touch upon that signify what's taking place here in America. Um, we're also going to just mention about, uh, during that time, we we're going to mention about Trump. We've got some footage to show you. Uh, as Trump was in Erie, Pennsylvania today, yeah, he's on his he way was. to Altoona. But, and, you uh, know, one thing about the, I know you want to get into it, the, you're going to say. Headlines, no, the, the, oh, yeah. The, but, about Trump yeah, here. Yeah, um, that's true. There was between 8,600 and 9,000 people at this event. Yeah. And... I don't know of any event in the city where you can get, where you really get that many people, uh, to go. Um, we have a, uh, hockey team, minor league hockey team, one level below the NHL here, and they won a championship back in 2001. And I, they renovated the stadium since, uh, Trump's come. Right. But I think there was like 5,000 people at that, at that championship game, <laughs> the final one. But well, to yeah. see that many people, um, Coming out for Trump, it's uh, pretty eye-opening. Because what would you think the attendance would be if Hillary Clinton came to Erie? Oh, there'd be tens, T- tens of yeah. You tens. might get a couple hundred tens. And and I'm wondering when the point that they're going to start paying people to show up or bus. Oh, I think they're already doing that. <clears throat> yeah, in, in some respects. And I bring all this up because you know the attacks continue. We know the Hillary Clinton health. Uh, problems that, that she continues to go through. Ted touched on last night. We've been touching on all week. Well, MSNBC's now come out and said Trump can't be president due to lack of sleep. Trump's mentally unstable media uh-huh. smear campaign continues. And we're going to get into that a little yeah. bit later. And, how, and what we're going to do, we're going to open this segment up. I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some information in my corner and then, and then followed by the, uh, the headlines, news of the day. And then at the top of the next hour, we're going to be getting deep into the bodies in evidence, revealing the body of evidence with respect to the political death. So that's going to, how, that's how it's going to be set up. 
in my corner right now and then uh, uh, at the bottom of the hour uh, or somewhere after that of course the um, just the recap of the headlines that are important that you probably don't know about and then of course the main thrust of the program uh, the political deaths and then we can also Joe why don't we do this at the third hour um, open the lines up and let's do kind of a rapid fire thing if we can. If you can limit yourself to limit the, if we can limit the calls, the, the callers to maybe two minutes each, two or three minutes, it, it'd be very quick and, and, you know, be very, very pointed and focused. And, and then from there, because we, we, we have so many people, I've gotten so many emails and so many letters saying, my goodness, you know, I've tried to call in, I've waited and, can't call in so if we can do that so uh, how's that sound for a program how, uh, sound like a like a plan what do you think yeah sounds good All right. and folks uh, who are listening on on youtube or <clears throat> uh, blog talk radio in the description underneath the show you can get the phone number for the third hour and we will give it out to the radio listeners when we take calls. all right but you know in my corner i'd like to start out with this just to set the tenor for tonight and uh, i just want to thank joe again for cover for me last evening. You know, the thrust of tonight's program, as I said, is the ever-growing body count. Now, I just, uh, folks, pull up a chair. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a purple stick and just bear with me for a little bit and, and, and take a listen because I think this is important. You know, history is just filled with examples of individuals who have been murdered for political gain or for political cover. Now, the motive there is different. People have been murdered for both political gain and for political cover. Murder for political reasons, folks, is as old as politics itself. And obviously, now such murders are, are usually carried out by people close to the, by operatives close to the political person in power, the political leader, rather than the leaders themselves. Uh, that this, of course, for plausible deniability reasons. Now, the actual perpetrators, the actual perpetrators, the perpetrators themselves might be convinced that their act is necessary, for example, for the security or greater good of our nation. Hey, maybe, maybe they are convinced by the political leaders that, uh, well, this has got to be done, this person's got to be taken out because that person is a threat to our nation, the security of our country. It's never about the political leader. It's always about, in that case, about the greater good. It's necessarily to, necessarily to, 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 to get rid of that person. Now, under that national security banner, that also serves to silence the perpetrators of that murder, taking that person out. Because you can't talk about it if it's under the wrap of national security. Perhaps 
there are others who perform such murders, such egregious acts, out of a twisted sense of loyalty to the political leader. Or, or, or perhaps, and I would sense, I would say even more likely, I believe, that the perpetrators themselves have been compromised and follow such orders as a matter of self-preservation or follow such orders for the promise of a reward. Either way, it doesn't matter. The results are the same. But those are the very scenarios for political murder, assassinations. And people say, you know, never in America. And as Americans, folks, we, we've been raised, we've been taught that political murders and assassinations only happen in other countries, never within the borders of America. If you're of my demographic, my age, you, you grew up thinking that America was exceptional in many respects. And in many respects it is. But we're not some third world banana republic where murders are, are, are caused, initiated, or orders are given by political leaders to, or others to assassinate political, other political leaders. Well, this naivete had prevailed until the 1963 assassination of JFK, and, and, and this is what I view to be the defining moment when Americans lost their innocence. Some might argue it happened before. Some might contend it happened afterwards. But I suppose that in the grand scheme of things, that, that everyone can agree that that was indeed a hinge moment in time. Now, today in modern-day America, it's not really considered proper. Uh, you don't discuss these things in polite company. But if you do, you're going to be discredited by a wide range of people, from the mom-and-pop blogger on the Internet to members of the corporate media who provide cover in exchange for their own job security. <clears throat> now, the former might be well-intended, perhaps, but ill-informed and inexperienced in such matters. The latter, of course, represent a much more nefarious threat. Both, however, tend to stifle serious discussion about a very serious matter, one that has existed, as I said before, as long as political power has been in existence. And as American citizens and America as a country, as a nation, as we have incrementally abandoned our moral and spiritual compass, and we have sacrificed our own morality and spirituality at the altar of political correctness, Folks, lawlessness and murders have risen in direct correlation, have they not? There's a direct correlation between the rise in politically motivated murders and Americans who have sacrificed their morality, sacrificed their spirituality, sacrificed their fear of God at the altar of political correctness. 
we're going to be talking tonight. Joe has done so much research. We've done a lot of research. And, and folks, you have, this is much of, I won't say much. I'll say a lot of what we're going to be talking about you might already know. But even if you do, hang in there, because we're going to be connecting some dots. As investigators, we're going to be connecting some dots. You've heard of the Clinton body count, but but that extends back. It, it obviously predates Clinton. And it's subsequent to Clinton as well, including the Obama body count. Joe has done much research in this area, as I have. You know, there are, there's a growing list of people, even today, who have met untimely deaths under suspicious or controversial circumstances. <clears throat> there's so many, it's it's just disgusting. Yeah. Now, such lists are also associated with the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, Barack Hussein Obama II, or Barry Satoro, and others on the political left. And even some are associated with the those who wield power on the political right of center. Discussion about such deaths range from frenzied and, ups, and unsubstantiated speculation to outright dismissal of all things sinister. You've got the gambit there. You've got, oh, you're a conspiracy kook on one side, and on the other side, it never happened. And then you've got that lot of real estate in between. Folks, a general search on the Internet alone would provide ample reading material. It's enough to keep an average researcher busy for probably a lifetime. But but the Internet, however, acts as a double-edged sword. Let me be very clear on that. One side serves to inform and educate the other to discredit and discourage the truth from ever seeing the light of day. You know, countless books have been written and published they could, about the numerous deaths, political deaths from JFK onward. You could probably fill a good-sized library. Some of the books and published reports are well-researched and thought-provoking, and others... Are, are, are tools that are used to discredit serious investigation of the most important matter and this most important matter. And, and this also extends, folks, in the, in the books about the Manson cult family murders. You've got the books out there who are written by pseudo-truth tellers, but yet the contents or anything but the truth in many instances it's diff- it's difficult to tell the difference between the books the, the, the truth telling books and those the, the tools of the disinformation specialists so you've got to be very very careful you know one particular murder that Joe and I are going to be talking about tonight is is the Vince Foster murder. And I say murder <clears throat> because that that 
based on my research and investigation, is exactly what it is. Murder. It's not a suicide. It's a murder followed by the staging of the body at the park to make it appear like a suicide. Others will contend that, oh, he did kill himself, but his body was moved and offer evidence or offer documentation to support that theory, which is garbage in my opinion. Absolute trash in my opinion. But then that's just my opinion. We're, we're, throughout this segment, these two segments we're going to do about the political deaths, Joe and I are going to be talking about something. And, and folks, I don't know if you've ever heard this or heard of this, but this is something I've spent the better part of three decades in part doing. Few people, I, I don't, I think few people outside the investigative circles, investigative venue, investigative community have likely heard of Equivocal death investigations, equivocal death analyses, but that's kind of what we're going to be doing, but with limitations. Have you ever heard that? What is an equivocal death investigation or an equivocal death analysis? Well, these are investigations that are performed just about every day by detectives, by investigators, when the manner of death is in question. Now, what does that mean, you might ask? Well, having three decades under my belt, again, as an investigator, and having done equivocal death investigations and equivocal death analyses, I can tell you this. It's a task. It's a daunting task. It's one that's not very easy. But it's of critical importance when seeking justice for the deceased because there's a victim here and providing answers to their loved ones or about their deaths and offering evidence for our criminal justice system now the latter of course the, the, that criminal justice system in the in the topic of the the political deaths folks has has broken you think lynch holder Reno, pick an AG, would entertain any investigations of the Foster murder? Probably not. But in the simple and most broadest terms, an equivocal death investigation is the process of determining whether a person, whether a person's death was caused by suicide by homicide, or by accident. Now, the cause of death is often obvious and quite verifiable by a medical examiner, but not all questions relating to the manner of death are as easily answered. There's a distinction with a difference here between cause of death and manner of death. And in one such investigation, or an example of an equivocal death investigation or equivocal death analysis is the July 20th, 1993 death of Vince Foster. Murder of Vince Foster, in my opinion. I mentioned this, I mentioned this before, and I'm mentioning this again, and we're going to be talking about this as well. Well, the cause of death 
COD, cause of death, was indeed a gunshot wound or determined to be a gunshot wound. Circumstances existed as to whether his death was a suicide or a homicide. Again, in my opinion, it was a homicide. Others will say it was a suicide and the body was moved. I call BS on that. In many cases, I call, not only do I call BS on that, I call the, the people who, who, who perpetuate that theory as tools of, of, of a narrative that is to cover for certain individuals. The relevance of his death to the more recent deaths, Seth Richard, or Seth Rich, we're going to be talking about Seth Rich, Joe and I are. And interestingly enough, there's like four deaths in the, since the beginning of mm-hmm. August right. that have taken place, and including a few in July. It, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, and, and there's the death of there's the banker deaths, there's the science the, the doctors and scientists deaths, uh, there's the political deaths, but they're on the rise, they're on the increase. But equivocal death investigation analyses, like we will do, take you through, folks. Let me just say this. It's nearly impossible to conduct an investigation of this manner without full, well, it's, it is impossible, without full access to all of the, well, to, to the complete file that the police has. If Without that access which we don't have, no one has, not even the immediate family, it, does, it doesn't qualify as an equivocal death investigation or analysis. It qualifies as an independent inquiry by experienced investigators, and that's what we're going to be doing as well. In the context of, or in the framework of, an equivocal death investigation. We're pushing the limits of statistical anomalies here with these deaths. And again, we're going to be getting into this in the segments two and three of our show. Give you the latest, what Joe's found, what I found, what we found together and then independently. It's important stuff. Before we get into those two segments, we're going to be doing hot headlines, the news information that you won't believe is happening. Also, some information about Donald Trump protesters, as well as a view of our bathroom in the studio. That's right. You heard it here. Gonna be right back. You know, a lady in the studio dog just just jumped up on my lap and disconnected my headset. What do you think of that, huh? Oh, there we go. All right, I just had to put it in. We we bring a lady. Lady is our lady is our Aussie Shepherd um, Australian Blue Healer, and she is just a she's smart as a whip. But um, she's laying back down right here at my feet. You'd miss me if I was gone, wouldn't you? That's right. 
We were talking at the break that um, they could do without me. See? See? Anyway, folks, I just want one announcement. Two, well, two announcements. Two announcements, actually. Thank you for your writing samples. Your, uh, uh, that was probably a poor choice of words, but but your writings. I cannot believe. Well, I, I shouldn't say I can't believe. Each and every one of you who has written to us is so talented. Okay, we have been. We were. Flo- I mean, flooded, and I mean flooded mm-hmm. by people who are interested. Okay, now I was able to answer a grand total of three. Okay, people. And the reason I was uh, only because um, you guys are so good. We have the best best audience in the world. We really do. The most educated, the most articulate audience in the world. Karen R. Karen, you're just, <laughs> wow. She's an author. She, she won't mind me saying Karen Rogers. Right? And there's a gazillion Karen Rogers, so if I had talked out of school, then shame on me. But, um, so, there's that. Please, just, again, flooded uh, with a capital O. <laughs> and, um, it, so, so, please be patient, okay? Uh, yesterday I was on assignment and, Joe was busy with the show, and uh, the night before we were up battling floodwaters, literally, and it just was a mess. Um, the other the other announcement I have: What y'all doing eleven thirty tonight? Good. Uh, turn on channel three six seven, right on Direct TV. Direct TV, the coming apocalypse. Yeah, with Pastor Paul Begley. We'll be airing the second installment of the TV show recordings we went and did with him. Right. Uh, part one was last week, last Friday. Yep. And part two is this Friday, tonight, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 367, channel 367 right. for all those who have direct TV. And, and, and Paul and Heidi Bagley are, are like the greatest people I've, we've met. I mean, they're just great. I shouldn't say greatest because, I mean, they're, uh, they're just such wonderful, down-to-earth, loving, loving people. It's just they're fantastic. Paul and Heidi Begley. Paul Begley, very. In- I mean, the- you can sit Paul down, and and you just listen to him. He's got a lot of stuff going on up there. Not like me. I mean, some stuff, genuine stuff, good stuff. Heidi too. What a what a what a precious woman she is. Wrote her book, Finding My Father. Just an incredibly heartwarming story. And to hear her tell it in person is even better. So the the following two weeks after we get done messing up the place. Wow. That's gonna be great with Heidi, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're going to want to hear her story, folks. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Now, we have a lot of things to get into. Let's start it off with Donald Trump being in our hometown, Erie, Pennsylvania, right before he left for Altoona. I, I want to say this. We, we had, um, there was a reason we didn't get an interview today with, with uh, Donald Trump. And I'm not going to get into it. 
I'm not just not going to get into it because I, I I can't prove it to be the case, but I think it is the case. And so if I can't really prove it, I, I, I I'm not going to say anything about it. But but I think we were tanked from. I think it was a deliberate denial of access. Um, because we had all the right people, all the right people, saying thumbs up. Ben Carson, not a problem, and others within the within that uh, mechanism. Anyway, oh, well, we have the, we have clip one of the footage ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what we're gonna do, folks. Uh, and you can hear this if you're just listening. It's which is fun on BTR Global Star. Um, if you're just listening, you'll be able to hear what's taking place. But to see it, let's roll clip one of the Trump rally here or uh, conference. What do you call that? Rally? Rally? Campaign stop? Yeah. I don't know. But but take a look at the unedited footage. <clears throat> of the masses of the people there and also take a look at uh, the protesters we have something to say about the protesters let's roll clip one paid for by Mr. Trump we have provided a safe protest area outside the venue for all protesters if the protester starts demonstrating in the area around you or harm the protester. This is a peaceful rally. <laughs> In order to notify law enforcement officers of the location of the protester, please hold a rally sign over your head and start chanting, Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> Ask the people around you to do likewise until officers remove the protester. Thank you for making America great again. No, no. Two two things about this. I'm going to turn over to you, Joe. Um, two things about this. If you look at the, if you saw the footage, standing room only. Now the number of people you said, Joe, earlier was what five five thousand? No, eighty six hundred. Max capacity at eighty six hundred. When I heard it on the local news as of yesterday. Okay. Well, it was they were actually pouring out into the streets. Now, this is in Erie, Pennsylvania. There were people coming away as far as Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh. Uh, I should say north of Pittsburgh. I won't exaggerate here. And even Dunkirk, New York, coming to Erie, Pennsylvania to see Donald Trump. The interesting thing about this particular rally is this. The protesters outside, there were exactly seven. That's right, seven. And I happen to know one of them. <laughs> Seriously. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I must have missed that one. Yeah, yeah. On that run yeah, earlier. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, but that's all right. That's okay. I, I'm not going to name that, that, that moron, but I happen to know one of them. Um, but, but here's the interesting thing, and I think critical thing that kind of fits into what we are seeing the protesters inside 
Now, bear in mind that this 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 campaign stop. The speech lasted for, I'm going to say, 60 minutes. When it was all said and done, about 60 minutes. But these protests, you could set your watch to the timing of the protests inside the arena. Think about this. He's introduced by by Priebus, the uh, chair, RNC chair. Trump comes out. As soon as he comes out, bang, protests. Two, three people yelling, shouting, causing a ruckus. They have to stop the protests. They're taken out. The first couple were um, very young, very, very young, I believe. I'm not sure what, which order they were, I, but but there was one 15. I look like 15 year old kid that Trump says, you know, go back. Your mom's go back home. Your mom's probably going to vote for me anyway. But exactly 15 minutes later, another protest erupted, and then exactly 15 minutes later, another protest erupted. It, it, forgive me, it might, it might have been 10 minutes, but you could set your watch to that interval of time between protests. The point I'm getting at is these spontane, these protests were not spontaneous. They were planned and coordinated within the arena. Now, if you've got, if you've got that happening here, and we could see this, and, and not, the, the media is not reporting on this. Why we think it's important, Joan, I think it's important, is this. You've got this organized protest against Trump inside a closed arena by people who are patient. They were patient to wait this out. The demographic was from a 15-year-old roughly to a uh, 65, 70-year-old. Yeah, and we've seen this before at other venues, um, Especially after, during the primaries when Trump was in Chicago, that was one of the first times the, the protests broke out where people were blocking highways and, and, um, going after other Trump supporters. Not s- soon after that, you saw, uh, spurts of violence break out at different rallies. But like you said, the people who go in there and wait and they, you know, it's a coordinated effort. Right. And, and you know, sometimes I wonder with these elections and, and the primaries, um, how coordinated is it is? How deep does it go? Does it go to the campaign level? Are oh, there staffers yeah. in there who'd make decisions like, well, we can make it look good by, you know, making it look, like when I saw the, the last, uh, protest or animal rights activist who, who was protesting Hillary Clinton, um, a few days after the same exact thing happened where she stood on the stage in a state of, you know, fear polarized and or paralyzed by that fear you know just a few days later um they show uh, another animal rights activist who hopped a fence like 20 to 30 feet away from her or yards away from her and you know she keeps on talking strong and the security guards she could service her right next to her and it's almost like she knew it was going to happen and, and that, that's interesting i mean it, it's an interesting and relevant observation especially with the topic of tonight, and that's the political murders. But yes, yes. So, I mean, so what do you make of that? Well, I mean, the, the, the point of that is is how much of this is political theater versus how much of this is actual, um, you know, right. meaningful, real life 
organic protests with, without, you know, aside from the coordination, what's real and what's not real when it comes to these political protesters? Then where do they come from and get their marching orders from? Right. But, um, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure, I'm just trying to verify this. Um, no, that was in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, the hot headlines. Let's get into some hot headlines. News information that you need to know about in the headline style, in that analytical format. Let's do that. Folks, everything from the disdain shown by the uh, by the masses to the mainstream media in Kissimmee, Florida, too, um, to to the uh, um, just a number of things to, to the homosexual Olympians out of by the beast. To what I'm going to just start off with, and I'm going to kick it to you, Joe, uh, or to the TSA bullies. Now. There's a story in Drudge about the TSA bullies roughhousing yeah. a, a cancer, cancer patient. patient. But but what I what really wanted to mention, and I think what we really need a flashing red light over, is this. The heck with the DNC uh, hack, hacker horror, the cell phone numbers, emails of Dems in Congress, leaked documents from Pelosi PC. Forget about that. Just that's political theater. That's rubbish. They could change the change the the phone numbers in a heartbeat. Don't yeah, be, you know. I mean, forget about that. You know what? What what thing is interesting about that story is on RT. Um, let's see. I saved two stories on this. Um, the uh, what do you got going? Okay, the, well, the, the yeah. Christian church. Yeah, I want to really get, just sound the alarm bell on that. All right, go ahead. Okay, yeah, before, here's one item that you really need to pay attention to that the media is not, is either soft peddling or not covering at all. Dateline, um, I, I believe it was, uh, it was in California. I don't know if it was in, uh, Anaheim. Where was this? Um, yeah, it was in California. Yeah, it was in California. Okay, that, that's fine. But, but but here's the gist of this, what is taking place. And, and this is exposed in California, but it's happening elsewhere, not to this extent and not in this MO, not using this MO. But uh, Muslim, a couple of Muslims driving by in a uh, vehicle uh, using a bullhorn screamed Elahu Akbar, at St. Andrew Orthodox Church during its Sunday service last week. They used a bullhorn so everyone get the, could get the message. Uh, Father, um, well, a priest was preparing to read the gospel, um, at which time this uh, unidentified man repeated several times, Elihu Akbar, using a bullhorn as they drove by briefly slowing down and perhaps even stopping outside of the church now witnesses said that uh, there was a level of, of fear by parishioners of course as one would expect and, and the parishioners picked up the babies and the, their children and, and you know it, it was it was unnerving to say the least but 
the reason I wanted to bring this up, and the reason I believe this is important, and then Joe, you could take it for whatever direction you want to take it after this. The reason I think that everyone needs to understand this is because, number one, Obama, you built this. Yeah, Obama built this, but so did every other individual who welcomed these Muslims with open arms from the from the illegal invasion taking place to the coddling of Muslims by the Bush administration. I want to tell you, there will be blood on your hands when blood is shed at Christian churches and Jewish synagogues in America. It is coming. It is coming quickly. And it's going to go from bullhorns to bullets Mm -hmm. to perhaps swords, but a statement will be made. I just want to say that, that, folks, this happened in California, but it's going to be happening in your hometown, and the the war is going to be waged at this level. It has to be. What we're seeing in Europe is uh, similar stories. Christians forced to hide their Bibles amid Muslim uh, death threats. Milan, overrun by invasions of thousands of immigrants <clears throat> in France. Citizens urged to let desperate refugees into their homes. Mm. Yeah, and many more stories uh, about the uh, Middle Eastern immigration crisis that is gripping all of Europe, the silent invasion, as they call it. Uh, we are seeing that, um, and we will get into that, and we will see the effects of that, especially here, because it's not just in Europe. It is here in America. And from sleeper cell info to um, other you know, immigration problems, uh, to from one a professor stating that it's not the uh, migrant crisis that has turned Sweden into the rape capital of the world. It is the warm weather. Yeah, or really it's the perception of... um... (laughs) Never mind. You know, it's... Let's let's bring this back around. You mentioned the um, <clears throat> the DC email leak with the fresh batch of uh, emails released, releasing info on Democratic members of House. Well, there is new reports out from them. Washington as they considering consider sanctioning Moscow over DNC email link. This is a <sighs> fluff piece, but it says U.S. officials are considering new economic sanctions against Russia over the DC email leak released by WikiLeaks. The Wall Street Journal reports. Um, and this is so interesting. This other article so is tied to World this. War III, basically. I don't know how many people have have seen this article or read this. Soros gave Clinton step by step instructions on how to tackle Albania unrest. This was uh, re- revealed through the re- most recent document dump when <clears throat> there was um, some growing opposition in Albania. There was a. a political protests that were getting way out of hand. Well, there's emails inside the uh, Clinton email dump inside the server from George Soros. George Soros is explaining to Clinton exactly how to get behind and handle the situation because they had feared that this would threaten the stability of of, uh, order and create chaos in the region of Albania. And not only did Soros give Clinton the advice, the advice was followed to the letter after he outlined step-by-step instructions on exactly what to do, uh, which people and prime ministers uh, to 
relay the message to and tell them what and tell them what action to take. It just shows how controlled some of these politicians really are. Um, this article goes on to state that uh, in 2011, when Hillary was second Secretary of State, billionaire George Soros instructed her how to handle the unrest in Albania, stressing it needs urgent attention at senior levels of the U.S. government. And it goes through the email and explains uh, what happened after three men were shot dead during anti-government demonstrations in January of 2011, and Soros's recommended recommendations were followed to the letter. And it just shows, again, how much influence these people have on Hillary Clinton, these globalists. And uh, that's not the only thing that Soros, his name has come up to. The yak, by the way. Yeah. Uh, left planned to stage violence to bring down Trump. This uh, is an interesting piece here. You can find it on Breitbart.com. And it lays out a game plan one of which the mainstream media has been following. The Clinton campaign's talking points have accused Donald Trump of suggesting uh, an assassination of Hillary Clinton to so many other uh, false statements and twisting of words from Donald Trump. And as you can see on the screen here, I don't know, media oh, protecting Hillary Clinton. There, he is, huh? uh, there's an article today. CNN Cuomo comes out and admits it. We couldn't help Hillary any more than we already have. Uh, he said this, it's a problem because she doesn't know, uh, talking about the donors here, uh, this was before that she was actually given the nomination, and they're talking about money that's available for the nominee, and he says, well, if she doesn't become nominee, I don't know if she'll give the money back, but he says this, we couldn't help her any more than we have. She's got a free ride so far from the media. We're the biggest ones promoting her campaign, so it had better happen. And this is just an, another... Um, you know, admission of what we already know, that CNN, we can call it the Clinton News Network, is the I one think, really I promoting... Trump did call him, call him that today. Yeah, and what you see on the screen here, this was from a, a speech he gave either yesterday or the day before, where we've seen the uh, him, him being cut off by ABC for saying Hillary Clinton should get an award from ISIS for founding it. Well, he went on to, Trump went on to talk about Obama's role in the foundation of ISIS. And if you can see on the bottom right hand side, they what they do after the <laughs> Trump, they say what Trump said. Trump calls Obama founder of ISIS. And CNN did this themselves. They thought of this all by themselves. In parentheses, next to Trump's statement, they said, he's not. Almost to reassure their gullible audience that what Donald Trump was saying is not true. And, and I just find it um, just, well. it's just terrible to see you know what what has happened to the media in this country the mainstream media and most of the alternative media um listening to Glenn Beck today he did a, a show on back to the roots of the Obama political campaign and the progressive left and the evils that uh, that has uh, brought a, upon our nation um from the beginning of progressivism in this country onward and then he goes on and talks about how he has to accept Donald Trump advertisements on his radio show because he's not only an internet talk show, he's on FM radio. So he had no choice to accept the uh, Donald Trump ads that were put on his uh, network. And he didn't know anything about it, apparently. But that's neither here nor there. Huh. Um, wow. And to close out the hour, we got uh, 
a few more pieces of important news we should hit. I don't know. Yeah, um, and but but I just want to re- reiterate the the war against Christian churches and Jewish synagogues, folks. The next, please be very very aware of what's taking place. The next, um, I I don't know if it, I don't know if it will be the next event, but. One thing that will take place, and it would happen in France or Normandy with the beheading of the, the French priest. And this is coming here in this country against the Catholics, against the Protestants, against the Baptists, against all denominations of Christianity. And it, but, but there is a reason for this. Look at the bigger picture just briefly. The goal is to, is to eradicate, or shall I say outlaw, all of the mono, all three monotheistic religions, mm-hmm. in order to create a state religion that 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 takes away, takes out the takes Jesus Christ out of the out of the picture. There will be no red lettering in the Bibles, the approved state Bibles, and that is the what is necessary in order to usher in the Antichrist. I mean. But 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 before we get to that point, what will be necessary is for attacks to occur against Christian churches. We are in the crosshairs. Christians are in the crosshairs. It's time to saddle for battle, as we always say, right here on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe looking good with the with the buzz cut haircut. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. But yeah. uh uh so next two segments the thrust of the program murder body count rising body count and uh Joe I mean it's coming. Yeah. Bodies and evidence reveal body of evidence political murder. Be right back. Here's what we're going to be doing. We are going to be taking a closer look into the political deaths, as well as taking your phone calls in the next hour at 844-769-2944. Hold off on calling until we get into the next hour, or right before the next hour, on this end-of-the-week edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Got to take, you know, got to take this, and you have to understand, we are in a banana republic right now, under the under the care, oh, the care of of Barry Sotaro, the putative president of the United States, who we were told by conservatives even not to worry about his origins. You know, we ought to, we just ought to address the issues, not go into the unnecessary conspiratorial. Origins. Well, Barry Satoro, as it turns out, hey, he's a Muslim. If not, he certainly will do as a Muslim. 
because he's decided in favor of the Muslims every step of the way. And and yet, of course, you know, we we were told not to take a closer look at that. Well, we're going to be taking a closer look tonight at the murders, the suspicious deaths, as we opened tonight's program with the introduction to this topic. Now we're going to take a closer look. Seth Rich, know him? May he rest in peace. Yeah. Go ahead and do a search, folks, on Seth Rich. Go ahead. What do you find? Well, I think you'll find that Seth Rich is a man who, Joe, he worked for the, well, DNC. Did yeah. he not? He worked for the DNC. All right. Let's take, let's start with him because let's start with him and work backwards. All right. Because folks, what we're seeing here is the incremental or the systematic, not incremental, the systematic eradication of troublemakers. And if you don't think that we can get on that list or that Alex Jones can, you know, isn't on that list. And uh, I might, Joe. I didn't tell you this. I, if I did, I, I, well, I might be on. I might be on with Alex next Tuesday. I'm not sure. You mentioned something. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I might be on with Alex uh, Jones on Infowars next Tuesday. But I, I think I'm not 100 percent. But anyway. But having said that, Seth Rich. He worked as a voter expansionist yeah. data director for the DNC. Mm-hmm. He um, was, I believe, 27 years old, and he has been named by Assange of it's WikiLeaks Assange, as right. the DNC WikiLeaks source that has um, been linked to the email and that's a, of 20,000 yeah. emails, which is an article we covered last segment, talked about you know the U.S. going after Russia for the alleged leaked information. But Seth Conrad Rich was shot several times in the back, a block away from his home in D.C., in a D.C. neighborhood of Bloomingdale. The police declared it a robbery gone bad, but nothing had been taken. Seth still had his wallet, watch, and cell phone. Right. And uh, they go on to say that you know he had... Uh, ties to the WikiLeaks dump of 20,000 DNC emails, which proved the DNC was rigging the primaries to favor Hillary Clinton and subvert the Sanders, uh, Bernie Sanders, basically stealing the primary for Clinton. The scandal forced DNC Chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz to resign. And although Hillary's people tried to portray this as a hack by Russia to cast Hillary as a victim of international intrigue and espionage, WikiLeaks was not identified, uh, while not identifying the leak, denied it was Russia, and since has identified the leak as Mr. Seth Rich. You know, this would be a a motive. Right. The the pushback on this, and I find the pushback is equally interesting, Joe, about this. When we did investigations, and when I did the the, the, uh, equivocal death analyses and investigations, we get when when pushback happens, especially pushback from family members. You have to take a look very carefully at the reasons for that. Now, family members, you've got to be 
very judicious when dealing with family members, and in this this case is no different. The family says, "Hey, um, this was this was not. Uh, don't politicize my son's murder." Okay. Well, first the the father We're came out and that. said, "You know, well, we talked about that. There was no, if it was a robbery." You know, they failed because his wallet was not taken. His credit cards were still there. His watch was still there. Uh, it was reported that he had bruises to his knees and his face and his yes. hands. There was, a, there, there was evidence of a scuffle, according to the, yeah, according to the, uh, uh police report. <clears throat> There's also a $25,000 reward from the local police, as well as a $20,000 reward being issued by WikiLeaks. And this, uh, all happened on, um, July 10th at 4:19 a.m., he was shot and killed in the back. Shot multiple times. Um, well, while at least walking twice. back to his yeah. home. <clears throat> yeah, and some say he was uh, about to. Uh, that morning, he was supposed to be or meet with the FBI um, in order to speak to special agents about an ongoing court case possibly involving the Clinton family or the email leaks. Now, that's not confirmed. Uh, that's just speculation. But regardless, this is an interesting case because this is one of many who died in the last month. Um, and we can move on to the well another one uh, that Joe Montaigne, who was killed um, just a few weeks after uh, Seth Rich was killed on July 10th. He was killed on July 25th supposedly died of a heart attack right after the WikiLeaks email dump, proving the DNC had worked to sabotage Bernie Sanders and hand the nomination to Hillary Clinton. Joe was 47 with no history of heart problems. So, you know, it, there's not so much of a question if it was murder or not, or it is, but right. it, it looks to be of natural causes. But if you go back into the Clintons and in the, in their body of, of work in Arkansas, you can see that they had... Um, doctors and, and medical examiners, um, either they were the, the, the worst medical examiners in the history of the profession, or they were doing a job of covering up crimes, specifically when saying somebody died of natural causes when their head was cut off and found, you know, blocks away in a garbage, right. or an ulcer <laughs> when somebody was shot in the head three times. But what's interesting about this is, he, Joe Montan, uh, Montano. Montano, was the chairman of the DNC right before <clears throat> Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and he was also the regional director, for, regional director for Tim Kaine, the vice presidential candidate. And, and uh, I just want to remind people to to the opening segment. Um, what we're talking about here is we, we are talking about reasonable. Research or research being conducted on these on these s- suspicious deaths that is consistent with conducting what we've done in the past, known as equivocal death analysis. Mm-hmm. The difference is, for an equivocal death analysis, an investigator or a consultant or an analyst, and, and this is always the case. Must have complete and unfettered access to the entire police file, the evidence, all the, the the entirety of the evidence, including photographs, sketches, witness reports, and such, for a, a legitimate equivocal death analysis or investigation to be done. And, and and that's and what is an equivocal death investigation? Well, think of it this way. Um, the most common would be murder versus suicide. Okay. For example, 
um, and, and this is used in the textbooks and the, the, the investigative handbooks, for example. And, and maybe this is more than you want to know. But I think it's important to when you talk about something like this, that you talk about this in an informed fashion. Uh, for example, um, you know, what, what is the manner of death? There are cases that investigators are tasked to determine between homicide and suicide, accident and suicide, homicide and accident. And a very, very prolific author, uh, Vernon uh, Gebirth, <clears throat> the foremost authority on homicide investigation, makes a very profound statement uh, that suicide, for example, can cause more problems for detectives than homicides. Uh, but that said, um, a correct determination as to the manner, not the cause, but the manner of death must be made. I mean, people, their, their careers depend on it. Family members need to know the truth in order to, to, to achieve closure, to reach a point of acceptance, to move on. For example, it may involve a financial issue. Uh, our legal system depends on it, at least at one time it did. Um, but it's often, for example, um, you know, if someone shoots themselves in the head, then it's a suicide. The Vince Foster case, for example, a, a prime example of, of an equivocal death investigation or one where an equivocal death research analysis should be done is, but was never done. Investigators did not do that. You know, certainly they, 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 they verified that the cause of death was a gunshot wound. Uh, to the head, but the manner in which the death was, or the, well, the manner of death was not established. Therefore, we have this gray area. So, we are doing, we are using the template of an equivocal death investigation and analysis minus <clears throat> the police, uh, file. But under the color or under the our experience, our collective and individual experience as career investigators. And I think that we, we can do a, a pretty good job based on our experience. But certainly we cannot, it will not rise to that level of investigation I, I referenced earlier. So anyway, <clears throat> you were saying, uh, you were saying about, uh, so we had two now. In fact, we, there were a total of five most recent deaths mm-hmm. uh, of the D that, that that are related to DNC Clinton, and Seth Rich was the was one of the more recent and certainly one of the more uh, obvious. Mm-hmm. This occurred, by the way, in an area of Washington, rather upscale area, and as you said. The, the the potential motive here was to silence him as he was. What was the what was the reason? He was the leak to WikiLeaks, as uh, according to Julia, uh, Julian right. Assange. Okay, and uh, we talked about Joe uh, Montano. Well, there's no evidence that the murder happened. He was uh, somebody who uh, had died within the last few weeks, and was tied to the. Uh, he was a DNC chair before Washerman Schultz. Yes, and was was tied to um, the WikiLeaks uh, as well. Also, uh, moving on, another person who died just this August, 
Sean Lucas, an attorney. Yes. Uh, he served the DNC Services Corporation and Chairperson Debbie Washerman Schultz at DNC headquarters in Washington, D.C. in the fraud class action lawsuit against Democratic Party on behalf of Bernie Sanders supporters. This is before WikiLeaks released documents proving the DNC was working against the Sanders campaign during the 2016 primary. Sean was found dead by his girlfriend. No cause of death has been officially released. Now, that's three people tied to, to WikiLeaks, tied to the DNC, um, that have died. Right. One violently, the other two, um, one, they said it was a heart attack with no history of heart problems, and this one, no cause of death has been officially released. But the timings are very, uh, questionable. And what these people were up to shows they were actively working against the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee, especially Sean Lucas as an attorney suing them on behalf of a class action lawsuit with uh, proving the DNC was working against Bernie Sanders' campaign during the 2016 primary. Now, if you think about that, that's like um, somebody having proof that the RNC was working and is working against Donald Trump. Uh, during those times uh, when they're supposed to be helping and, and making sure it's a fair and legal sure. uh, you know, contest, they were making sure Hillary Clinton got the nomination and not Bernie Sanders. See, like Trump, Bernie Sanders had lots of grassroots support. He was filling up uh, venues and rallies when Hillary Clinton couldn't. He won you know, a majority of states, and Clinton got the delegates. It was all set up from the beginning for Hillary to win the nomination, and that's not a secret anymore. And, you know, the media won't talk about it. They won't talk about the stolen primary, which could lead to the stolen general election this November, which I heard Sean Hannity today said it's only 88 days away until the election. Yeah. Um, very close. <clears throat> yeah, it'll go by fast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, well, so many different um, individuals that are... In this dead or death pool, <clears throat> one one person in particular uh, I, that caught my attention as I was doing the in- investigation and research. I don't know how many people have heard of Steve Bridges. When we we're talking about Obama specifically, Steve Bridges, comedian impersonator, a guy who impersonated uh, uh, Obama. Uh, he actually offended Obama. Um. during one of his bits he played George Bush he played Obama he played Clinton he played uh, Governor Arnold Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger he did a lot of different things the reason I find this interesting back in 2011 um, he and you can find this on YouTube where he does this uh, does this Obama bit now what caught my attention is he apparently died of natural causes. That, at least it was said, um, initially. But on the Steve Bridges website right after his death, and he was listed too as a George W. Bush impersonator. Uh, I guess that was like his big thing, but Obama as well. The timing, of course, is a little bit weird. Um, given the fact that he died right after making fun of Obama in 2012. But um, 
on his website it lists his death as related to anaphylactic shock. uh, That anaphylaxis, anaphylactic shock, is has been used. uh, Now that's that would be due to some severe allergic reaction to something. A, A very common element, peanut butter, for example. If if you've got a peanut allergy and someone gives you I don't know, something with peanut butter in it or peanuts in it. Uh, you want to see some, some nasty things happen, boy. Watch one of those. But there was no clear-cut cause of death on this. And this guy had access to a lot, uh, a lot of access to the White House back from 2003 to 2012. I'm just saying that this this guy in particular bothers me, all right, as an investigator. You might say, well, you know, being an impersonator really doesn't mean much. And offending someone by what, you know, by saying something or by doing an act doesn't mean much. But there's something to this that, that transcends administrations or transcends regimes. And because of his proximity and access to the White House, I have a problem with this and how the cause of death, um, in my personal opinion, was was uh, was given. So, just saying. And and again, his uh, well, Steve Bridges. If you have another one, because there are so many here that if you have another one that you you know want to get into, I think I think we need to um, we need to keep this going. Lucas, of course, we spoke about Lucas. Um. That was really strange too, Joe. This this uh, Sanders supporter who served papers of the DNC on the fraud case found dead, and you can see the the video of him actually serving the papers. This guy was an attorney. Uh, July third, twenty sixteen. Sean Lucas and filmmaker Richard uh, or Ricardo Balaba served DNC services and subserved. Schultz, Debbie Wasserman, as you as you indicated in Washington D.C. in the fraud case against Bernie Sanders on behalf of the uh, Sanders supporters. In fact, they did a live YouTube broadcast that day. Uh, it was July third, yes, on twenty sixteen. Well, when did when did he when did he die? You said August. I I, I think it was. Uh, August 2nd? Yeah, I was just looking here. My notes, August 4th. Um, oh. According to, well, Snopes has, Snopes is the website owned by the husband and wife team that's funded through by George Soros. And if you look at a lot of these death cases, Snopes gets right in there and they're very quick to dispel any rumors um, apparently Snopes had uh, poo-pooed the idea that there was anything strange about his mm-hmm. death and uh, of course you know this following the, the death of Seth Conrad Rich on July 8th a little bit disturbing and of course well don't forget John Ash I think we need to talk about this because we didn't Ted or someone we referenced John Ash. Yeah, we talked about him um, um, before. 
He was a week before he was scheduled to testify against the Clintons and the Democratic Party. John Ash supposedly dropped the barbell on his neck, and the reason I mentioned Snopes earlier is because, you know, once more Snopes had come out and said, "Well, come out and said, well, wait a minute, this is not. He was not really scheduled, at least not in that context, to testify." Well, sure enough, he was. So John Ash. June 22nd, 2016, former UN official John Ash accidentally crushed his own throat and died a week before he was scheduled to testify against the Clintons and the Democratic Party. Snopes, of course, saying no, no. And then Seth Conrad Rich, and of course, um, Sean Lucas. And John Ash died on June 22nd, 2016, um, and they initially reported it as being a heart attack, but his throat had been crushed, and and as you said, they talked, said it was he dropped the barbell on his own throat, um, yeah. which crushed his, his larynx. And, um, but he was about to begin a trial for a bribery charge involving Clinton businessman, uh, right. Mr. Seng, who had been implicated but not charged in the 1996 China Gate scandal for funding illegal donations to Bill and Hillary reelection fund through Arkansas restaurant owner Charlie, uh, Tree. Ash was supposed to testify about Hillary's links to Mr. Sang later that same day he died. Now, I want to back up a little bit because we're talking about Obama-era deaths. In the in Lucas in particular, Ash in particular, um, Rich. And I strayed a bit with the, with the, with the, uh, uh, Steve Bridges. But something about Bridges bothers me as an, as an investigator. But what about Obama's grandmother? Folks, two days before the general election, you remember this. Obama mm-hmm. stopped cold, didn't he? He stopped cold in, in campaigning at a critical moment to fly out to see Grandma. And boy, was he lucky. Madeleine Payne Durham was alive two days before the general election. He flew to Hawaii to see her for an hour. She passed away. By the way, he flew there alone, or he was there with her alone. She was immediately cremated, and her ashes were scattered in the wind. Now, some say that she was sick, and obviously she was. But again, we're looking at, in the best of in the most truest sense, an equivocal death investigation to establish the manner of death, not the cause of death, but the manner of death. I would say Beverly, Be- Beverly, or Madeline Payne Dunham counts as one of the curious deaths related to Obama. And of course, you know, you've got the more obvious, we don't have to get into this, but Lavoy Finnegan, Mm-hmm. You got Justice Scalia. Yep, yep. Loretta Fuddy, too. This is extremely important. And we spend a lot of time, Hagman Hagman reports about a lot of time, and I've written about Loretta Fuddy. Folks, perhaps one of the most important deaths surrounding Obama is Loretta Fuddy. And those of you who don't know who she was, 
she was the gatekeeper for the certificate of live birth for Barry Satoro slash Barack Hussein Obama. When Obama had to turn over his long-form birth certificate, she was the custodian of record, clerk of, clerk of records, who handled his birth certificate. She was at the center of controversy in that long-form birth certificate controversy. You remember that, right? I mean, so we we have to understand the significance of this health director who approved Obama, uh, who granted this exception to Barack Obama, who witnessed the copying of Obama's birth certificate and attested to its authenticity. She flies in, on a regular scheduled private flight, nine people aboard, and she's the only one to die. It wasn't a plane crash. It was a water landing. Much more about the deaths, including Vince Foster as one, Loretta Fuddy as another, and many others as we connect some dots right here on the Hagman Report. Talking about the political body count, the staggering amount of deaths that surround the top politicians in America. From the current administration, back through the Clinton body count, and other suspicious deaths that continue to pop up, and old ones we continue to cover. Loretta Fuddy was one that you mentioned just before yeah. the break. You, you know, and, and you and can this go. This was a, one we spent considerable amount of time on with with guests and uh, talked about this in detail. Yeah. We continue to receive information about this. This is this is one thing where the audience really came through for us. We had uh, we we spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get copies of. Um, Butter Dezillion did, uh, got copies of related documents about the plane crash, which really wasn't a crash at all. It was a soft water landing. If you go to CanadaFreePress.com and just type in Loretta Fuddy, F-U-D-D-Y, my articles will pop up. And, um, you know, it, it's, she was again the director of the, the Hawaii Department of Health. She, reportedly died due to injuries received, well, actually it was a heart attack, uh, shortly before 4 o'clock p.m. local time on December 11th, 2013. Now, for those interested in numbers, in the significance, occult significance of numbers, those numbers are interesting in and of themselves. Um, now, she was one of nine people, including the pilot, in the plane, and the only person to to succumb to her injuries, which was actually a heart attack. Um, The 
controversy surrounding her death is just is incredible. I I just I've never seen anything like this. The NTSB chair. Um. Well, there was a conflict of interest with the NTSB chair in this case. Uh, the uh, the NTSB allowed the evidence in um, the in this case to be contaminated. The NTSB found the Cessna 208 engine failure. Um, That was the cause of this plane, you know, having to land in the water. They don't fail. There was only two cases of, in the previous 34 years of such engine failures, and they were 50 days apart, 25 miles apart of one another. And Obama's NTSB, um, never treated the area as a crime scene, which you do initially until everything else is ruled out. And it's also interesting, too, that there's a lot of controversy, and this is based on my opinion only, my professional opinion only, about the pilot, Clyde Kawasaki, who was shuttling Loretta Fuddy and others. And by the way, the entire accident takedown or the landing of the plane in the water and the people in the water was videotaped on not one but two GoPro cameras don't you know by someone in the back of the plane now we had talked about this in in great detail we had individuals on including Butter Dizillion on this program Butter Dizillion is a, is a pseudonym, internet name for someone, a researcher who did a lot of great research. Um, the the small aircraft seems to be kind of a, a, a dangerous thing to be flying, which brings me to John F. Kennedy Jr., why is his death suspicious? Anyone? Anyone? Studio audience, why is the the death of John F. Kennedy Jr. strange? Well, doesn't this go to Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton? Isn't she involved in this? Jump in any time, Joe, if you want to talk about John F. Kennedy Jr. and his wife and his family going down. Yeah, and this is one that we have mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing was very suspicious as uh, apparently he was going to run, I believe, against Hillary Clinton in the uh, Senate race. But interestingly enough, there was... Um, yes. Uh, the plane went down, and he was an experienced pilot. Uh, Kennedy Jr. was... And uh, him and his family died in this plane crash at Martha's Vineyard. The there was going to be uh, NBC Dateline report as well as a Newsweek issue uh, magazine. The story is uh, saying as much that he was going to run for the seat uh, against Hillary Clinton. They were both pulled and uh, from the distributors and destroyed. 
And it goes on to say here, even before the wreckage of the plane had been found, the media was saturated with news stories declaring the weather to have been very hazy. Oh, yeah, you couldn't tell up from down. But they said that there was, uh, all skies were clear uh, at Martha's Vineyard, up to eight miles in visibility. And they said that, uh, the reports went on to say that the weather made it impossible for JFK Jr. to know which way was up, even though he had working instruments in the aircraft. And it goes on to state and, and refer to TWA 800. It says, as was the case when TWA 800 was shot down, the United States Navy took control of the crash site, ordering an unprecedented five-mile-wide five no-fly zone while the wreckage of the aircraft was recovered and taken to a military base. And um, it goes on to say that there was false information planted about John F. Kennedy Jr. in the media immediately fall, in the immediate days following the plane crash. Yes, and the feeding of this false information to the press proves there was some kind of cover-up. The existence of the cover-up, why JFK Jr. gets an uh, entry on the uh, on the list here, and there is also reports that his wife uh, was, pregnant was pregnant at the time. Yeah. And believe it or not, and there are certain dates, and you can ask Russ, is there this? There are certain dates that are more important than others in the satanic calendar. Check the dates of, of these. Deaths, especially if a person is known to be pregnant, is a female known to be pregnant. Always check the dates to see if they fall in line with the beliefs of the Satanists and the important dates of sacrifice on the Satanic calendar. Do that. Um, this next one, Ron Brown. I wanted to talk <clears throat> about this. He was the former chairman of the the DNC this as well as the, Clinton. the Commerce Secretary. Right. He died along with thirty nine other people in a plane crash in Bosnia. While approaching an airport, they, he was on the verge of being indicted and having stated publicly already his willingness to make a deal with prosecutors. Ron's Brown, Ron Brown's death brought to an, an end of his ability to testify. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The very next day, Ron Brown's personal lawyer was murdered in a drive-by shooting, and a few days later, the air traffic controller who had been in charge during the airplane crash was found dead of an apparent suicide. Right. And, and see, we, we go beyond... What I mean, people will mention Ron Brown, and but we go beyond that and, and look one or two or three steps ahead and behind and around. There you have, in that particular case, some very interesting. And, and oh, in that crash, Ron Brown's body um, is a, is a great book to get. But in that crash, there was at least one other survivor to that crash. It was a female taken to the hospital, dead before she got to the hospital. And as you mentioned as well, a bullet hole in the top of Ron, Ron Brown's head, perhaps, possibly. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, I want to hit this one next because I kind of remember this. Mary Mahoney. Yeah, now we got to be really... Okay, when you... Uh, Mary Mahoney... Um, I went to that Starbucks. I was in. I was physically in that Starbucks where she worked in Washington D.C. The year, well, about seven months before that murder took place. And the reason that's the reason I think that's important is because th- this is um, this is a Starbucks where people like Stephanopoulos or Snuffleupagus. What, what's his name? George Snuffleupagus. Stephanopoulos. Yeah, I, I know. Um, and and. Others had frequented 
No, um, go on. Mary Maloney was a, a White House intern, and uh, it came out that um, during the Paula Jones lawsuit that um, there was a White House staffer with the initials M that was about to go public with her story of sexual harassment. Um, now, we know Monica Lewinsky yes, went public. Yes, She had Monica. the initial M. But this Mary Mahoney also had uh, two initials M. Well, she was gunned down at a Starbucks. And what's interesting about this, she was gunned down with two associates uh, after the Starbucks closed. An hour or two after the Starbucks closed, she was shot five times in her chest, face, and in the back of the head, as well as her two other co-workers were killed as well. And the investigators said there was no sign of forcible entry, which means that Mary or either one of the other employees let the killers in, and that means that they knew one of the, the whoever let, uh, and, whichever and the, worker the let somebody in. on the way out. Yeah, and that's just it. The, uh, somebody actually confessed to this murder and then uh, recanted of the confession, but that's another thing that was interesting here. The, the two big points was, one, she was shot five times, and and it goes on to say somebody wanted her very dead. And two, that there was $4,000 in the register and there was no robbery, no attempt to take the money. And it was a triple murder. The police said it was robbery, even though there was execution-style killings. And that one uh, report said that the Starbucks was still locked when the bodies were yes. found the next morning. Robbers don't bother locking doors. You know, you know and, and I'm very troubled by Mary by Mary's murder, as well as the murder of the others, because this uh, this ties into an entirely um, uh, an entirely broader investigation that does involve both Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch, the Yak Clinton, as well as Billy Bob Clinton or Bill Clinton. Um, there, there's this. Intimidation, this attempt to silence witnesses and, and effectively silencing witnesses that extend and overlap from Clinton to Obama. You know, you want to connect some dots here as we, as we do. You've got the interns leaking information or the interns, including this young lady about the activities of Barack Hussein Obama Barry Satoro but what about those on the outside coming in I speak of in this case Lieutenant Quarrel, Quarles Harris now Lieutenant is not a rank it is a name given it given it's a given name of this young black man 24 years old and I actually have done a lot of investigation on this, as well as I've spoken to Pastor or Reverend David Manning, James David Manning, about this. We've there's a lot of information about this that's extremely important and relevant to today. If you go back to March of 2008, the we and we've talked about this, folks, before. But this is so relevant to today. The U.S. State Department, 
They launched an investigation of improper computer access to the passport records of Barack Hussein Obama. And a few days later, of Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. And then John McCain, an equal opportunity hack, I might add. Now, the investigation centered on one person, one employee, is a contract worker for a company. You want to know the head of the company? Can you guess the name of, of the head of the company? Anyone? The guy that sits as head of the CIA today. The Muslim John O for O. Hamid Brennan. <laughs> At the time, he was the national, well, he was a campaign advisor on security issues, who later became assistant to the President, Deputy National Security Advisor for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism. And then, of course, but bing, he's head of the CIA. But, but, so March of 08, the State Department, they're looking at this investigation of a proper computer access. And this is under the Bush administration. The passport records of Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Satoro. But here's the key to this. Well, before you get into the key. A month later, a key witness in the case was murdered, and of course that's Lieutenant Quarles Harris. He was shot in the head in his car in front of his church. All right. Of course, gang related, you know, it, it, things happen like this. But here's the key. Here's the important part of this. The passport records contain information about Obama's travels. All right. In fact, this particular case caused Obama to admit that he traveled to Pakistan. To Pakistan in 8081. It was not until this particular murder that Obama admitted that he traveled to Pakistan. Now, if you look at to even today, there's been no new information on this case. The murder case is not being pursued. The State Department breach or the breach of the passport records not being further pursued. Now, Harris told federal investigators before he was gunned down, murdered, that he had received passport information from a co-conspirator co-conspirator who actually worked for the U.S. Department of State. And now crickets, nothing. We have heard nothing. You see, this was all about, all about purging, expunging the real information about who Barack Hussein Obama really is, his travels, you know, because there's no way to tell what might have been done to Obama's passport records by those who access them. Key information could have been, and most likely was, altered or destroyed. And as I said, it was on April 2nd, or April 8th, 2008, when the breach became public, Obama confessed to having taken a trip to Pakistan. Up until then, he would not say a word. He did not say a word. 
at that point, he said, yeah, I, when I was in college, I took a trip to Pakistan. And, and Jake Tapper was caught off guard when he said this. He wasn't even asked the question. He was told about the passport office breaking. And, and then without being prompted, Obama, in a spontaneous utterance, said, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I should tell you, I got foreign policy experience. I traveled to Pakistan when I was in college. During a time, I should add, when U.S. citizens were not permitted to travel to Pakistan. But, oh, no, that's just nonsense, according to those people who want to poo-poo this information. You see, in at least in my opinion, things that happened in 2008 are just as relevant in 2016, eight years later. Because you have the same players, minus the dead people. It should be noted that John Brennan has talked about the beauty of jihad and done so in Arabic, I might add. There's a lot here. There's a lot here to this. Lieutenant Quarles Harris. And, and the, the media, the media comes out and pretends journalistic integrity. But they refuse to ask legitimate questions. A man is gone. He's dead. That's Harris. He's not innocent necessarily. He was trying to, I believe he was trying to, to, well, he was trying to cut a deal. He was about to identify some co-conspirator inside the State Department. He was about to reveal what he knew specifically about, specifically about the, um, passport breach. Don't forget Harris worked for a security firm run by John O'Brennan. There you have it. But see, you've got, you, you've got, in this case, you've got, uh, you've got Quarles Harris, Lieutenant Quarles Harris, again, name, not a rank. Breaking in to the passport office and, and, and really having a lot of information that could, that could have brought down Barack Hussein Obama and even Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton the yak but we hear nothing about it and there are um, literally hundreds of names and, and profiles we could go through of people that have died suspicious deaths We've had, we've had people on our country, or on our, on our, on our program. Yeah, yeah. SEAL, SEAL Team 6 to, you know, other, um, people with very close ties to the Clintons, to the Obamas, to the whole political machine inside of Washington. And I would just urge people for, you know, 
if you really want to dig deep into this, there is yep. a lot out there. Um, there's, um, you know, Clinton body count, the Clinton Chronicles. You can find videos on YouTube. You can find books and but be bookstores. Careful. Be careful, though, right, Joe? I mean, you you got to be careful who you believe, right? I, I mean... Well, do, do your research. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, understand that uh, a lot of these cases of these suspicious deaths... Uh, you know, some are suspicious. Some are, I believe, you know, murders that have been covered up. Wait a second. You, I'm sorry. To you, look. You mentioned like SEAL Team 6. Do we yeah. have that clip at, at the ready of Charles Strange on our program? Can you pop, pop that in? Because I think this would be a good time. Because, no? Didn't they give that to you? Yakety yak. Don't talk back. Come on now. I did give that to you. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, it's there. It's How long there. Is it? It's about three minutes, right? Right. Let's go. To, yeah. All right. Let's go to the first one, hey, folks. And the, Joe, the reason I did I did this last week because yeah, I remember it was the I heard anniversary these. for Extortion Seventeen. But let's go to the let's go to clip one, the, the three. That'll take us. Okay, folks, listen to Charles Strange talking about his son, SEAL Team 6, Extortion 17, right now. Well, Mr. Strange, I've spent the last year uh, following this, no, the last year and a half, actually, following the the ordeal of uh, SEAL Team 6. Well, why don't you just start right from the beginning? To tell us about your son, first of all. Tell us about Michael. Tell us about your visit with him when he came home uh, after the Bin Laden raid and, and his birthday, and, and what what transpired there? Uh, the whole team, uh, all 22 of the special op guys, were home in June. That was their leave. When Michael came home, he came over, and uh, him and his brother and their girlfriends, and we were talking and thing, and uh, he went up to the bar up the street. He called me up. He's like, come on up, and uh, I'm feeding shots at Jameson's, and... Uh, I was messing with him, like, yo, he was, I called him a James Bond guy, you know, and uh, I knew he did a lot of secret squirrel stuff, and uh, he grabbed me by the bicep. He said, Dad, I got a will, and I'm like, left this, this, and this. I said, what's going on? He said, Dad, I'm not effing around. Saturday morning, we had a big party for him at his friend's house, big pool and all, and uh, me and him took a walk by ourselves, and he grabbed me again, and he started talking about the will. And he wouldn't see, he just said, look, Dad, there's a lot going on. Somebody's leaking something. Something's going on with the team. And he did it a third time. Uh, last time I seen him. That hurt, man. That hurt. Oh, man. So we kissed. And uh, we kissed. We always kissed each other on the cheek and hugged each other no matter where he was, you know, or whatever he was doing. I, you know, I told him that when he was young. And uh, that was the last time I seen him. And then August 6th, the worst day of my life, uh... I found out my son was killed in Afghanistan in the in the Wardock Providence in the Tangine Valley. And uh then I'm then I hear from all the other parents when their sons were home in June, like nine of them changed their will. One dude who lived in Virginia, you know, they all lived in Virginia, they had to be so far from the base they couldn't be no longer than twenty minutes from the base. The one guy made everybody in his family come down and see him, even his grandmom. He never did that before. Another guy told his family, I don't know if I'm going to make it back from this one. 
Another guy told his dad, don't drink all the beer. That's what he used to say. Don't drink all the beer. Dad, this time, grabs his dad by the shoulders and tells him how much he loves him and thank you for the way you raised me. They all knew somebody was wow. somebody was leaking something. Yeah. Michael's a cryptologist. We didn't know he was that smart. <laughs> he, he really took off in the military. Uh, they put him right, you know, once he got through boot camp, Pensacola, Florida, and uh, then right to uh, Hawaii with uh, the SEAL team over there. And, uh, under the pineapple fields over there. But that's a whole nother story. But he could, uh, they would give him newspapers from New York, Boston, Texas, Chicago, and he could go through our newspapers and see what terrorists were sending here to their, uh, jihadis here in this country. Well, Mr. Stranger, I've spent the last. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report. talked about uh, well we've been talking this show about the political deaths associated with the criminal elite inside the beltway and we know when when people talk about those lists or about those names they don't go far enough others say well hey, wait a minute you go too far but go- coming into the break last segment we played a clip by Charles Strange. Now, Charles Strange is the father of Michael Strange. We had on, we had him on, on our program back in 2013. But, folks, last weekend, last Saturday, a week ago tomorrow, was the fifth anniversary of the of the crash of Extortion 17, the takeout of members of SEAL Team 6. If you don't think that was political in nature... It certainly was. We're going to be taking your phone calls on this topic, the topic being the political body count that is mounting. Who do you think is next? Uh, Or, if you want to talk about it, 844-769-2944. Get your thoughts on the growing political body count. 844-769-2944. Chime in this hour. Before we go to the phones, we have two more clips to play about Extortion 17. Timely. And tying the knots, or tying the tying the knots, tying the dots, to tie the knots around the wrists, I think, of the people who are responsible for this, but connecting the dots on the political murders we're seeing take place. We're going to play a clip one or clip two of Charles Strange, and then followed immediately by a two-minute clip from Mary Strange, Marianne Strange, the stepmother of Michael Strange, and then, of course, your calls eight four four seven six nine two nine four four about the growing political body count. 
August 6th and 7th, they kept saying everybody has to be cremated. The helicopter blew up in the sky, blew up again, and then when it hit the ground, it blew up again. Three times they said it blew up, so everybody had to be cremated, which I found out in December when I asked for the autopsy report from Dover. They sent me the autopsy papers and a disc, and my wife, Michael's stepmom, uh, was looking at the disc. I read the, I was reading the autopsy. His lungs were intact, his heart's intact, his liver's intact, his spleen's intact. Let me see that. Well, I looked at the picture, and there's, there's Michael laying down. He looked like he had a gun in his hand. Well, he did have a gun in his hand. And uh, his one foot, his ankle was banged up. But none of his hair on his... You could see the hair on his arm. He looked like he, you know, he was laying... He looked like he was fighting for his life. What was the ruling on the cause of death, Mr. Strange? Was it trauma or smoke inhalation or... There was no smoke in the lungs. They tried to tell us it was G-force, but they were only 150 feet to 100 feet in the air. Yeah. They said a severe trauma to the brain and to the body. I mean, it was... Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mary Strange, the stepmother of Michael Strange. Mary, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thank you so much for having us. And our hearts and prayers go out to you. This this is just so... That's such an incredible story. Mary, go ahead and and, uh, pick up where your husband left off. Okay, well, what happened was um, we did not know, and I, I do believe most of the, every one of the parents did not know that we were supposed to receive a uh, a disc of the, it's called the dignified transfer of the, the coffins onto the, the plane that brings them back home to the state. And okay. they, they used to do a video of this. <laughs> that, so we didn't know, you know, that we were supposed to get one, so we never missed it. Well... After we were taught, we, we told Billy and, and Karen Vaughn how to download a disc and how to get the information that we had. You know, we were we worked pretty close with them. And here they tell us that they got a disc of the rant ceremony in Bagram and how upset we're going to be. Well, they showed us the video. Now, through, and it went third party. Karen would ask somebody to translate it, but she would give it to someone else to give to the translator. Eight translators we went through, and every one of them came back with the same message. There is an imam praying over our men, as well as this, the Afghans that were on board, but our guys, the American soldiers, saying that, that we, they are the infidels, that if uh, Allah was here, that even the mountains would prostrate to him, and that the Muslims are the winners, everyone else, they're the losers, and, and mocking uh, the God of Moses, our God, our Christian God, who we believe in. This is on Bagram base with all these soldiers there, and this is why we did not receive a copy of that dignified transfer uh, ramp ceremony. Eight eight four four, sorry, eight four four seven six nine two nine four four. You want to weigh in? That was Marianne Strange, extortion seventeen, August six two thousand and eleven. Seal Team six, Bart the dog, the Seal Team members and Afghans and Afghan translator, Afghanistan. Anyone talking about this anymore? Anyone talking about? An imam at a ramp ceremony on the dignified transfer damning our soldiers to hell. Who's talking about this today? 
five years. Fifth anniversary last week. Anyone talking about it? Hmm. Y- you see, we told you. We warned you. Not saying, you know, yay is us, oh boy. But we tried to warn those people out there that Obama, and by extension Hillary Clinton, in our opinion, my opinion, treasonous, seditious people. You heard from the Strange family. We interviewed him three times. That was that was two years, a mere two years after the takedown of SEAL Team 6. There's a leak inside. There's a leak inside. There's a leak inside. Dad, there's a leak inside. Let's go to the phones. Again, 844-769-2944. We're going to take the calls in the order that we have received them. First up is Jeremy in Michigan. We're going to you now, Jeremy. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe, Doug, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a great time listening to the program. I just wanted to, uh, I want to thank you guys for everything that you do. I'm, I'm a, uh, normal listener i've been listening for probably about four months now and and just the information that comes across this platform is is vital i absolutely vital to you know the body of christ and to illuminating the correct issues that um are going on today and i just really want to thank you guys i appreciate you so much so just want to say that um we appreciate you for, for the, appreciating us thank you thank hey, you for listening no problem you, you know uh I really believe our listeners are, are the best, and you add to the program. You 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 provide us with uh, important feedback, email, mail. Thank you for doing so. So, what do you think? I mean, um, growing body count. We're looking more and more like a banana republic, a third world country. Um, we are at war, yet it's undeclared. We are under attack. The Christians are under attack what do you think man you know i think it's ridiculous how obvious it is that the media is so pro hillary that everything that like millions and millions of dollars in media and propaganda and things are just going to supporting hillary and trying to debunk trump and i've never been like i'm not about politics i don't do any of that but it's like so I don't have like a bias, you know what I'm saying? Like I look at the issues and, and it just seems that people are so, um, influenced by this, by the propaganda and, and, and the things in the media and the way that things are going on. It's just so obvious that she's the globalist choice to me. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of, it's hard to watch because, you know, I look at my Facebook friends, which Joe, by the way, should add me on Facebook. I sent you a request. Jeremy Powers, um, I I look on Facebook and, you know, 50 of my friends support Trump and three support Hillary, you know? And you, oh, but it's close. It's, wait, 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 Jeremy. No, 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 no. You're not following right. the narrative. Shame right. on you. Right. Hillary's right. up by exactly. tens. Ten points. Yeah. <laughs> Ten points, exactly. So, I mean... It's for me. It's it's just absolute pure deception, and it's it's hard for me to watch because 
And you know, here's the bottom line: How do you, I don't know how you think increasing uh, immigration from still there? Looks like uh, I don't know, Jeremy. It looks like you dropped off. If you want, you can call back, and we will we will get you on there. Um, let's go to Gino in Idaho. Sorry about that, Jeremy. Give us a call back. Gino, you're live. Hey, Hagman. How you doing? Good. How are you? I, I, I'm doing great, man. Thank, thank God for you guys. I tell you what, your, your show is just awesome. It really is. I, I just love listening to you guys. Uh, you well, always get pertinent information. You know, it's, it's just awesome. Uh, my question today, though, is, I was, is kind of a two-parter. I wonder what the odds are that Trump is in there for a spoiler, number one. And if he isn't in there for a spoiler, what are the odds they're going to take him out, you think? The odds? I don't know that they'd have to literally take him out politically um, to rig an election. I believe that would be the the easiest way. I mean, take him out. (laughs) I mean, take him out, because the the Clintons are famous for that. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, they are. And that's why I'm not sure that they would resort to this when it's... um, yeah, but then again, we've seen it happen before. Um, but what my well, what I tell, have to me, say is, why would you take him out physically if you know you can steal the election without harming a hair on his head and creating that that re, that suspicion? Well, it, it was my understanding. Yeah, and, and it, 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 look, I, I you know I, I'm not sure if, if this. Um, well, let's think outside of the box here a little bit because we know the globalist Luciferians are, are 50 steps ahead of us in terms of their earthly strategy. How about something like this? You look at Bill Clinton, for example. Look at he's not exactly the picture of health. Well, neither is Hillary, but what, what do you think about this? What about the sympathy vote should Bill because we can't have a first husband in the White House, can we? I don't know, but what would happen what would happen if Bill suddenly Vapor lock or assume room temperature. Think outside the box a little bit. Would Hillary suddenly get the sympathy vote? Oh wow, I haven't considered that. I haven't considered that aspect. That's not a big thought. <laughs> well, you know, but, just, but just saying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just worried that Trump is in there for a spoiler. You know, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but. I, I just, I'm just afraid he's in there just to drain it up both top so Hillary gets in, you know. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 just, I don't know. I can't explain why I feel that. It's just, it's a thought I can't shake, you know. Well, you know, anything is possible. Anything is. Uh, I. I we are, to me, in uncharted waters. So, so you're thinking, just so I understand you correctly, that maybe Trump is what working against us. I mean, well, I I don't know. I that that would be the logical conclusion if he's in there as a spoiler. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know that that's the truth. I don't know that that's uh, even possible. You know, I, I just don't. It just occurs to me that that uh, 
it's the way politics has gone so far down the tubes in just a few short years, I mean, geez, who do we trust, you know? Uh, well, I, you make you a know? good point. I, well, right, but, but but then look at the theater. Well, it would have to be theater because you've got, um, I mean, it would have to be some good theater because you've got a number of establishment Republicans refusing to endorse or to support Trump. Then you've got this split. Yeah, you know, look, anything's possible. I don't know. But given the two on balance, given given a choice between the two, if that's all we've got, um, if your scenario is correct, then, oh, boy, we're, we're toast anyway. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. There is no way I'm voting for Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll vote Trump all the way. But, but I'm... I don't know. There's something just don't set right in my mind somehow. You know, I I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's right to have a healthy suspicion, especially yeah. with the uh, political crap we've seen in in the last you know two three decades. Um, everything is not as oh, it and seems. It, it, and it hasn't hasn't even really been that long, Joe. It's uh, just the last few short years. Uh, since Obama first took off, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, right. uh, Bush was Bush was crooked as all get out too, but of course, but but once Obama took office, it just went all downhill and fast. I uh, I just I don't know who to trust him, you know, uh, except uh, God. Sure. I I always trust him, but but uh, I don't know. Something tells me this election is going to be very important, prophecy-wise. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe yeah. you're absolutely right. But, but okay, you uh, made your and, point, and, and that's that's really interesting. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, I don't know, but okay. Um, anything else, you know, on your mind? No, no, that, that pretty much covers it, uh... Uh, I'm glad I finally got to talk to you guys, though. I, I've been listening for several months, and I always enjoy your program. I, it's, well, it's always we fun. appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you listening, and, and glad to know you're out there. We're going to let you go, Gino. Thanks for the call. We're going to move on, um, and you take care. Up next is Lars from California, and longtime listener and caller of the show. Lars, what's going on? You there, Lars? All right, we'll come back to Lars. You know, one of the issues, or one I'm another, put you on hold, another uh, come back to you. Another uh, 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 body here is Donald Young. I, we had mentioned Lieutenant Quarles Harris. Related to that, the openly homosexual friend mm-hmm. um, of Obama's murdered at Trinity Church in Chicago, um, key witness in Obama. Pap- passport fraud case I'm referring to that is Carlos Harris is a guy by the name of Donald Young the one of three including Carlos Harris that was a member of Obama's Trinity Church murdered within six weeks of each other and Larry Sinclair has had talked about this when he was on our program folks all of these overlap and 
Quarles Harris, Donald Young, Trinity Church, others, the passport fraud, the birth certificate fraud, to understand and to poke at one, to pull the string at one, is to pull the string on all of them. And that's what that's what we're doing here with exposing the political bodies. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Um, let's see. Lars, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? There we go. Yeah. Hey, guys. God bless you guys. Doug God bless Bo. you, too. What's on your mind? Well, you know, um, the gentleman, uh, two callers before, mentioned about deception and just reminding all of us, you know, the Lord in Matthew 24, and take heed that no man deceive you. And we've got to walk in a in the presence of God right now in a greater, I guess, reigning and ruling with him. And um, Tuesday night, um, there was a buddy of mine that we were listening to the show, and he was on line to call in. His name was John. And somehow the line got dropped, but I had been talking to him about Job 38, probably 10, 15 minutes before we had called in. And that lady had mentioned about um, Orion and Job 38. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we were we, talking with Stan, we just, uh, that came up. Yeah, absolutely. And I just encourage the listeners, what the Lord's been showing me, how to reign and rule in a greater capacity and, you know, not get caught up in all the uh, end-time stories and just stay with, with God's story. And Judges 5.20, it says, They fought from heaven. The stars in the courses fought against Caesarea. And what God has been doing is showing me different, uh, like if you go to Job 38, verse 31, Kenneth thou bind the sweet influences of Pallades or loose the bands of Orion? Kenneth thou bring forth Maseroth in the season? Or Kenneth thou guide Archerus with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Kenneth thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? And we're supposed to do this, guys. And that's what God's been showing me. It's getting easier understanding with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God's great power. And, you know, I could sit here and talk. I just ask God that your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding of your great power would flow through Doug and Joe like never before. His family, Father God, the wives, their family, Lord, I ask the airways perpetually all the days ahead. And we just ask that you would just... Uh, and we would invade the the heavenlies, Lord, and we would just uh, strike blows to darkness and, and make them get back in their position, Lord, because it's time for us to rise up like never before. Like 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 Doug says, saddle up. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to battle, and we need to know how to fight the fight of faith. And that's that's. I just ask God that your faith would be loosed in this place like never before. And uh, right. God bless you Thanks, guys. Lawrence. God bless you, man. Have a great bless night, Lars. Thanks for the call. Right. We got about uh, three minutes before the break. Let's go to Chris in PA. Chris, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hey, how you guys doing? I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. Um, Chris, so, it's good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, how you doing, sir? Um, good. So our country clearly has issues and whatnot, but is, um, you know, in mass, if the United States isn't going to come back to God, which is the prayer that we have, um, and, and we pray that we will be the ones that will help uh, um, hold off the evil, um, what do you think the end result is? Do you think that, I mean, clearly we're in the end times, but do you think that uh, it'll be a rapture sooner rather than later, or um, are we going to 
have to go through a hard time and what is the prudent measures other than, you know, the prepping aspect, which I'm sure most of us, you know, enlightened, not enlightened, no, but the, uh, awake, <laughs> you know. Well, well, well Chris, um, personally, look, as, as to the rapture question, uh, I don't believe, no, I mean, people can argue this and will argue this every, every day, all day long, 24 <laughs> 7. The bottom line is this. I, I do believe that the Christians, uh, you, you ask a Christian over in the Middle East that, that, that's on the, on his knees about ready to get his head cut off if, if, if they're living in the tribulation. Yeah, I think the answer is going to be yes. Bottom line is I don't believe Christians, and I think we're seeing this already, Christians are going to get out of this unscathed. Uh, so uh, as far as a rapture is concerned, um, pre, or, uh, post-trib, pre-millennial, is where I fall, I suppose. Is there even going to be a rapture, you know? Um, it, no, I do believe Jesus is God. I do believe a lot of these things, but I've actually, you know, you guys have had some people on and whatnot, and um, I'm becoming a little more educated as I'm diving back into the Bible. Um, you know, the, the idea of a rapture, there, it hints at it, but <clears throat> this is all side thing. Um, I, I definitely hope that we get a, uh, a nationalist in, um, in in the form of Trump and maybe we can help defuse Russia a little bit, and that'll that at least take care of that aspect. And then, you know, broker some kind of a deal on the Ukraine, just speaking plainly and openly and all nefarious um, evil entities aside. Um, but it's a dark time right now. Like, it, it's scary. It's a crazy yeah, world. It, it is. And and you should know, I mean, I, I know of you, or I, mean, I know about you, well, we've met. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I know you know of what uh, that of which you speak. Um, I'm not going to get into anything more except to say that yeah, yeah, I know this this individual uh, is you know, yeah. Go ahead if, if you yeah. want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah. You, you're seeing it from the inside. Uh, a little bit, not not that much. It's it's pretty. Uh, it's quiet. Um, there's a lot of you know just regular breaches and whatnot. There's nothing. Um, but people are prepared, even at that level. People are on the layman level um, are are prepared. Uh, sometime, um, I'll shoot something your way. By the way, all right, it's good talking okay. to you guys. Hey, uh, God bless Thanks, you guys. Um, stand fast. You, you guys are definitely uh, um, the watchmen. You know, but take care. Appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. God bless you. Have a good night. We're not going. We're going to hold the other callers over the break. Joe, Mike, Bob, and Billy. All right, in the queue. So we'll keep you guys till after the... Well, we could say Joe, Mike, and Billy Bob, right? <laughs> no. But, the folks, just hold on, because we're going to come at you, come for you, right after the break. Hagman and Hagman saddled for battle, approaching the final segment. Oh, still got a minute. Thanks, Eric. I'm look okay. Yeah, I guess I it's Friday. We can have a minute of just I'm looking listening at this, to the uh, sheet. See, all right. I thought you did that well, on purpose. I too. thought no. I thought that was just. You see, it just shows the goya. Sometimes I'm dyslexic. No, uh, but <laughs> no, we're taking political murders. Yes, we are. Well, we break down the political body count that continues to pile up. But I, you know, I'm really serious, Joe, about extortion 17. And folks, you should be too. Part of the political murders, homicides, 
Extortion 17, SEAL Team 6, five years ago last Saturday. Pray for the victims and pray for our country. We'll pray back. Saddle for battle. It's not going to be pretty. Saddle for battle, folks. You know, isn't it interesting, and and think about this, the difference, I don't know, 20 years makes pre-internet. Remember Kathleen Willey? Remember her? Oh, people try to call attention to Kathleen Willey. She, uh, she took issue with Baba Bill Clinton, his sexual predilections and dalliances or harassment, Kathleen Willey. Well, remember 20 years ago or 25 years ago when Kathleen Willey's dog was killed and she was out jogging and intercepted by a couple of beefy characters on behalf of Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton and Baba Billy Bob? You know, now, now, you've got to, or the mainstream media is actively suppressing the stories, the bodies, then and now. Now you've got Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch, the yak, Clinton running for the presidency. We're going to put the yak up. Put the yak up. And we, Eric's Yak, we're taking calls this hour. I just want to give you this, Dad. We got Jeremy back, the caller who dropped off. First caller we took, we dropped off. All right. Well, let's, okay. As well so, as the first time caller and, and, yeah, all right. So, so, so hang on, uh, the first time caller and others. Jeremy, we're going to give you the, your clothing, closing thoughts as opposed to the abrupt, um, whatever happened. You there, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you, guys. That was, I can tell you right now, my finger was not on the end button, so somebody here was ours. me off. Yeah. So, but the bottom line is this, 550% increase of Syrian refugees, weak borders, you know, and, and absolutely absurd foreign policies. I mean, the reality is, is these globalists want to destroy America, okay? And it's obvious with their policies that's the plan. And... The fact that, I mean, to see people vote for Hillary, it's just, in those types of policies, just, it makes no sense to me. It shows how, like, not only, like, morally corrupt this nation is, but we, we have no common sense or intelligence anymore, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I just, that's that was really it. I just can't, like, I honestly believe that if somebody goes and they vote for Clinton, they also deserve a free uh, psychological evaluation as well. So, you know. Right that's, on, Jeremy. That's how I feel well, about it. But thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Jeremy. Glad Good you called back. Yeah, right. God bless. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Thank you, you too. too. Yeah, we're living in the end times. Chimeras legalized half man, half animal. Let's, you know, and of course, all the 
graves filled with those whistleblowers. Let's go back to the phones. We got Joe in New Mexico up next. Joe, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, my phone, is, is the volume is not very loud, and when you spoke, all of a sudden, I could hear you very clearly. So I'm glad of that. Can you hear me clearly? Cool. We can hear you yep. five by five. Wonderful. So go for it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're digging into the past there about Clintons because uh, the favorite one of mine, by favorite I mean the one that really grabbed my heart, was uh, was that Ron Brown, the uh, Secretary oh, yeah. of Commerce, died in a plane crash in Croatia. Yep. Well, yep. there's so many mysteries about that. It's like obviously a uh, you know a, a, some kind of conspiracy there. <clears throat> the reason is is Chuck Missler in the early 90s, after that happened, a couple of months after it happened, published a little article in his weekly, uh, his monthly uh, news, little news thing he sends out. I forget the name of it. Anyway, uh, he uh, he listed a whole bunch of anomalies about it. One of which was that uh, the Cro- Croatian army reported we got the black box. The yep. local or the re- regional uh, command center reported we had the black box Frankfurt reported there was no black black box on that plane yet uh, I think Missler pointed out that uh, it was a uh, like an Air Force 2 you know well Hillary Clinton flew on that yeah Hillary Clinton flew on that plane the week before two weeks before there was a black box and and Ron Brown's body a book by Jack Cashel Jack was in the studio uh, as our guest I know uh, have you read Ron Brown's Body by Jack Ashell? I mean, it's a no, fantastic read. No. Yeah, man. Oh, good. Yeah. And to detail this, well, the other thing was yep. about the stewardess. It was reported that she walked off the uh, plane. She was she was saved because she was in the tail end or something. And yep. uh, she walked off the plane, got on the helicopter by herself. And when she arrived at the uh, at the Army station, she had a uh, one puncture wound into her aorta and uh, she had died from that puncture wound which they, put, they they said was from the crash so those things there right there just say hey what's up then when you add to it all the suicides that happened with the Croatia guy who uh, managed the airport that they were yep. supposed to be in yep. uh, so the belief I think I've heard is that they they messed with the radar and and steered that plane to go right into the uh, mountain. So that's that's uh, that's kind of the working theory. Um, yeah. Behind that, yeah. Uh, so my prayer has been ever since that uh, that'll come to light. Just the reality of that. I know it will in eternity in the kingdom, you know. But uh, sure. You know when when God judges all men. And anyway, well, so. I just we we will find answers. Yeah, go ahead, sir. I'm ha- happy you're going back in their in, in their in their trash bin because it's it's loaded. You know, like you all those bodies in uh, Arkansas. Uh, Rick oh, Wiles yeah. claims Rick Wiles claims that uh, he was the one that invented the term Arkansas. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but then I heard that guy Nichols, Larry Nichols. Who was a confidant of the of the uh, Clintons and helped them formulate their strategy to how to counter all the the bimbo stuff, you know, 
what they called it. uh, Rope a dope. uh, Yeah, and was to uh, degrade the people and to mock them, and and they had so much influence amongst the, uh, you know, the uh, the newspapers and in uh, Arkansas and 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 their, their political influence just grew like crazy from there, especially when he became president, you know, because from there on, it's like the man could do no wrong, you know. I could say some things about what he could do, but it wouldn't be appropriate for your, your station, for your uh, <laughs> program. Well, well, but, well thanks, for, yeah. thanks for being sensitive to, to that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, uh, so, but you know, there's also been prophecies I've heard that, you know, as America as America is being judged, that uh, that God will uh, reveal the secrets, many secrets of of the uh, of the political class, and let's hope He does that more and more daily. He's doing that with all the WikiLeaks and everything else, but I don't know what it'll take to wake people up and have them actually take a look and force the mainstream media to uh, actually print and talk about this stuff. Because uh, he certainly got them wrapped up. Him and Hillary have them wrapped up. I mean, you know, it's all fear. You know, some sometimes when they when they when someone gets taken care of that way, it's it's just a sending a message, you know, out to uh, to others like them that hey, you touch us and you're going to end up like the guy who uh, the guy in Arkansas who. Uh, I think uh, shot himself with a nail gun seven times in the head. Well, there there are a few of those, yes. Oh, yes, there are. Yep, yep. Those suicides were so bizarre, it's incredible. And there's two poor children on the railroad tracks near Mena, Arkansas. And all the deaths that are connected to the witnesses. and I mean, that was a a big one. There is, it seems endless. It always, yeah, it always seems like when someone's getting ready to testify to them, like Ron Brown, one of the things that I think uh, Chuck Messler reported was Ron Brown had had engaged an attorney to defend himself against multiple lawsuits that were coming against him by investigative authorities, you know, because of his dealings with the, you know, the commercial, on uh, the commerce department. And I imagine he was, fun- he was funneling funds, probably from the Chinese, you know, et cetera. But... Uh, well, yeah. Brown Brown was going to expose the White yeah. House's uh, Asian yeah. uh, fundraising pyramid type scheme. Brown yeah. played a, a major role in that, and yeah, um, yeah. So, so in just weeks before his death, uh, Brown began it, going to church. Yes, and it was only, it, only a few days after he had informed Clinton that he engaged an attorney, and Clinton knew what right. that meant. So. That's right. So it meant he was going to talk. And uh, any rate, so. God bless you, my brother. Thank you, man, for the call. And move okay. on. Yeah. God it's bless, so buddy. It's convenient how that happens. So many people are getting yep. ready to testify against them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for taking good, my call. Good points. Good thanks, points, Joe. brother. Have a good night. Good we points got, all. Um, somebody, uh, Mike. Mike. PA up next. Mike. Come on, Mike. Talk to hey, us. God bless you guys. Uh, um been fortunate enough to get through before but uh listen i got a couple quick observations and then a question for you but uh you know even if donald trump turned out to be a dirty rat which i doubt still something has happened you know people are waking up 
to right. what's really going on out there, and so that's a good thing. Yep. And uh, this one goes to you uh, specifically, Doug. You know, as an investigator, that if a bunch of criminals got together and they wanted to pull off a major bank job, say like in uh, uh, you know uh, Las Vegas or something like that, they would have a plan. They would have a strategy. They'd put people in place to make all this stuff happen so that they got away with, they could get away with it. And then after they did, along comes the law and the investigators and they put all the pieces together on exactly what they did, how they made it happen, who was possibly involved in everything like that. That's, that's pretty correct, right? Okay. You got it. So, but the Democrats and the liberal media has done is they have re- they have taken the word strategy and plan and given it a new name they call it a conspiracy so that whenever you see something that's just not right like 9-11 or other things that have taken place by the government if you start all to put all these pieces together you're a conspiracy nut forget about the fact that you know, there's specifically a plan somebody had to put these things all together. Throw that out the window. That doesn't matter. The finger's at you because you're a conspiracy not thinking that, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah, they, 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 they so, taint the word conspiracy and, and bend it right. to a, a pejorative term. Yeah. Right, and they changed they change plan. These people had a plan to pull off 9-11. They had a strategy. But people won't people won't touch it now because they're afraid they'll be labeled as a conspiracy nut. Or a truther, or a birther, whatever the pejorative term of the uh, the, the day is. Yep. One of those crazies. And uh, just this last final question I have for you is, it is just undeniable that like ABC, CBS, and NBC, I've seen this on Fox where they have reported you know, when a major story breaks, that these three major networks use the same exact word or the same exact terminology. Uh, like if it's something bad about Donald Trump, they'll, they'll use the same wording. It's almost like they have, you know, met behind the scenes to decide what they're going to say and what message they want to get out there. And my question yeah. is, if if that's true, and I know it's true and it can can be proven, why can't we as the American citizens file charges of treason against these networks for trying to overthrow the government of the United States? Because that's what they're doing. They have picked out their political uh, operatives, and they want them in place, and uh, that just stinks to high heaven. Well, who are you going to file treason charges against? I mean, or, or two. Who are you going to complain to? See, right, in the old days, exactly. you know, I mean, at least you had some sort of, um, well, some sort of remedy in the older, old times. Right. And you're right about the, um, the same copy. It happens all the time. The same copy. Because, yeah. I mean, remember UPI, AP UPI, uh, the old wire service. Yep. You know, so. Well, you know, I was praying about that one time, and the Lord said, well, they really don't have to conspire because they all have the same father. <laughs> he tells them what to do. So, anyways, all right. I'll let you well, go. God bless you, brother. Hey, Thank thanks you, for taking my call. God bless sure. you. Sure. 
God Thanks bless. for calling, right. Mike. You have a good night. All right. Uh, we're going to go next to uh, Gary. He's a first-time caller. Gary, you're Gary, live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hi, Joe. Hi, Doug. I'm a long-time listener, and I'm glad to get to talk to you. I'm glad um, to be talked to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want to go back for a minute to the SEAL team, the... I don't have a word in my vocabulary to describe how disgusted I am with that whole situation of this cleric, quote-unquote, cursing our men, our dead soldiers who died bravely. and uh, it, it's, it's just disgust is the only word I can think of that, that covers it. Uh, oh, oh but, 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 but wait a second. You know, maybe we're mistaken because the mainstream media and even Snopes said, no, no that, that's a matter of interpretation. Never mind, mm-hmm. eight translators had verified the words that damned our, our soldiers. You're right. No, well, uh, see, Joe, you're not with the program either, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just it's disgusting. And uh, lately I've had the opportunity to look at some different videos on the Kennedy assassination. Joe, you are so right. you really got to watch what you're looking at, and you can't believe everything you read when you're doing research so anyway uh, this whole thing is just uh, I listen to this, this the parents and I'm like oh you, you know it's like will this never end and the people that are dying again they're connected to the to the, the Clintons is starting all over again uh, it, it's you're right you, you see there's nothing new under the sun and we we talk, I mean that was the title of the show the show the other day uh, Wednesday yeah mm. yeah it, same people the same point uh, the same objectives some different uh, same tactics maybe some different uh, operatives but bottom line you're right you're right brother yep yeah well I just want to just say uh, keep up the great work I've been listening to you guys for years and years and. And uh, until now, I never really felt strongly, and I, I was afraid I was going to lose my temper and go Mount Vesuvius all over the place about talking about the the, the parents of the SEAL team, the people that were killed. But I managed to calm down before I got on, thank heaven. So, <laughs> well, it's good. So it's good that be- you did. But yeah, well, you know, I didn't really want the people to hear me go go off the deep end anyway. Uh, I prefer not to. Anyway, you guys have a great night. Thanks for talking to me. Appreciate it. God Thanks for calling, Gary. You have a good night, too. All right. Thank you. God bless. Bye. Bye. All right. We got Billy and Deborah. Two callers left. And then we're we got at, about we're, 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 nine minutes we're left. We're not going to so. answer the phone anymore. That's no. it. That's yeah, it. We we're got, done. So we're going to go to Billy in North Carolina, followed by Deborah in Colorado. Billy, thanks for calling the Hagman and Hagman Report. What's on your mind? Hey, Doug and Joe, uh, awesome to be on the show. First time caller. You guys are awesome. <laughs> thanks. We like to hear that. Go ahead, say it again. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You guys are awesome. No, no, no. I was just kidding. God. Right. You got a huge audience. I mean, this is great. Uh, let me read a Bible verse, if I would, at, at first. Daniel 11:32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt with flattery. Now, I think that might be uh, the, the Islam. But listen to this. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I think we have to focus on that uh, exploits area in, in these times. Uh, it seems like the Antichrist is walking the earth. The, this new world order is, is just taking us over. They're, they're bombarding us. 
and and crushing everything Christian. Let me read what exploits means uh, in 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 the uh, dictionary. Achievement uh, mean a remarkable deed. Feat implies strength and, and dexterity or uh, daring. Uh, exploits uh, suggest an adventurous or heroic act. I think we need to do some of that. Here's my real question: Why I called in? Is there anything we can do against the voting process in this country to throw a, a big old uh, Hagman report monkey wrench right in their face? Like uh, I heard a guy suggest that uh, the military, when they put in those absentee ballots, there's no way that they can. Uh, uh, hack those. Is, is there any way we can uh, just do something like that, like vote absentee ballots, so they can't hack our votes? I thought about that. Uh, you and know, that's a good question because it makes do? them, uh, it makes you, and it makes them, it forces them not to use or you not to use an electronic voting machine. You have a written record of your vote, um, but then again, it's a matter of who counts the votes rather than. Um, you know what what it says on there, and I'm not sure. I mean, that is a, a good idea, and it's an alternative to using the electronic uh, voting machine. I'm not sure I'd hang my hat on that, though. I I understand the concept, but I'm not sure I'd hang my hat on that. That's, I mean, if you for a written ballot, it's one of the only things you really can do to get a written uh, ballot. And you know, the, the question has to be asked. You know, when do they count those? Are do they count those? Uh, sometimes, you know, we've heard stories of. Um, you know the reporting coming in, and and you, they find you know tens of hundreds of boxes of these ballots, you know, left under tables or in trucks that never got to the place where they were supposed to, to be counted. Well, so it was, it was since they don't, they don't require ID, I can go in and. and but the guy gets the question: Is what's more efficient? Yeah, I don't. I, I, efficiency. Okay, yeah, I don't know. You guys got a super large audience. Let, let's all hear that. Maybe there's something we can do to avoid uh, this this corruption that's already pummeling us. You know, we're gonna toss it. We're gonna toss it in the laps of our listeners. You come up with something, folks. Let's hear it. But uh, Thank meanwhile, you. appreciate. It. Thank you, Doug. All right. Awesome. God bless. All right. Thanks, Billy. Have yeah. a good night. Interesting. All right, we got Deborah in Colorado. Deborah. Who's going to close us out for callers this evening? Deborah. Deborah. Yes. Hi. The Hagman, uh, the, Hagman, the Hagman gentlemen. You guys are wonderful. God bless you. My brothers in Christ, you are. But anyway, I wanted to come to you tonight and talk about these are election times that I have never seen in my life before, not craziness like this. There's stuff going on in the world that's super crazy. It's been for a few years now crazier than anything I, I've ever experienced. And I'm only in my early 50s. I'm not really old, but I've been alive enough to see the, the things that were before. As I, I As I look around, seriously, and I see how things are, there's no way anybody that looks around at this world cannot believe that we are totally in the end of the age here now. We're in the end of the age. And and then when you look at the voting thing now with Hillary Clinton and then Donald Trump on the other side, and wow, it's just so totally true that Donald Trump came in and shook stuff up. He shook it up. With He has his own money. He doesn't need anybody's money. He doesn't need to, to bow down to anybody else to get anything from them 
them in order to get to where he's going on this political agenda here. And people hating him, they hate him. It's like you either really love him or you really hate him. There's like, it really, it strikes stuff different inside of people. It strikes stuff different. I think um, right now I look around the world and I think about this election. Will it, will it come to the point where the elections will be rigged like Donald Trump was saying? They'll be rigged to the point that uh, the votes are going to be stolen. And then this morning, I don't know why it came to my mind. You know what? Could be. Could be that no, no votes at all will be stolen for Hillary. And why do I say that? Because I'm saying this. Now look how the Bible says, um, well, Jesus said, you know, in, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew 24, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, they will be eating and drinking and marrying, marrying and giving in marriage, you know, until the coming of the Son of Man. And then so I start thinking, that sounds like really happy, flappy days and nobody, and nobody really stressed out and really, really worried. But you know what? In my mind, I'm thinking, after the elections, should Hillary win, then we're all going to be really stressed out. Stuff is going to change, and stuff is going to change fast. And then so I'm starting to think, what if, guys? I'm just saying, I'm just putting this out. What if the rapture should happen before the election takes place? Who would be left on earth to not, uh, what good people would be left on earth to not want to vote for Hillary Clinton, I, I'm saying like the people, the good people that know the wickedness of her, they're going to be gone. They're going to love if they love the Lord, they're going to be gone. So who's going to be left? The people that really don't care what Hillary does, that whatever Hillary does, that's fine with them, you know. And whatever she does, fine with her, fine with me. Everything is fine. That is all going to be left after the rapture. Those kind of people that don't care what Hillary does. And I'm like, I can remember thinking about the American dream. What is the American dream? It, it, forget about having an, a nice house with a white picket fence. The American dream, am I going to be here uh, to be forced to get microchipped, uh, my grandkids microchipped? No, we're not going to be like that. Because even if you look in the Bible and it talks about it, before these things come to pass, Jesus will be here. Before these things happen, I, I mean, wow, going to Thessalonians Deborah, right there. Uh, look, yeah. I, I, I think you are attempting to promote a, a doctrine of pre-trib rapture here. Absolutely. Okay, well, guess what? You could what? be wrong. And see, if you're here's a problem I have with you, Deborah. I had okay. um okay you, not you but your ideology I was say, I'm sorry a lot of people have problems with me so you're not <laughs> No 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 not you 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 your 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 tactic is a little bit underhanded okay I'll tell you that oh, but I'm sorry I'm wicked I must be just no, wicked no, like no, that don't no 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 don't put words in my mouth I said your I'm tactics saying, are I'm underhanded you saying I'm sorry no, I, you kind of snuck. No, no, you snuck that in there, Deborah. You, yeah, you got to admit, you kind of snuck that in the back door now, didn't you? Well, kind of. 
Yeah, kind of. So, okay, so go ahead. Is my statement wrong? Well, I, I, here's, here's, here's the situation I've got with this. Um, you, on, on the rapture issue, many people can, can make an argument pre-trib or, or post-trib, whatever that might be. As far as I'm concerned, I'm here for the duration. That's the way I look at it. If some, if, if they get me out, you know, if I'm out of here, great. But the bottom line is this. I had somebody come up to me. At a conference and said to me, if, if, uh, if I'm here, if I have to be here for the rapture, I'm going to have a problem with God. Or if I'm still here. Yeah, or or, or, if I'm not raptured out. Okay. Yeah, if I'm not raptured out, I'm going to have a problem with God. Me and God are going to have a problem. Deborah, it's a matter, you know, uh, that's a dangerous to me. That's a dangerous area to get into. So, um, the, uh, you know, look, I, I, I love you. I respect your opinion. Not too keen on that trying to slip in the back door there like you did. Shame oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, and if we think, to, I didn't mean to go against anything, guys. Oh, no, you no, didn't no, go. No, no, and, no. And to no, your point, no, Deborah, no. if there was a rapture before the election and, and those people did vote in Hillary Clinton, they would kind of be getting what they deserve. But unfortunately, I still think without a rapture, even with the Christian church here, we're still in danger of voting Hillary Clinton in. And that startles me. I want to thank you for the call, Deborah. You have a great night. We yeah, seriously. Oh. Thank you. the end of the program. Thank you. I did have a little bit of fun with you, but uh, thank you. Oh, you guys have a wonderful weekend. God bless you both. I pray for you guys and your families. Okay, you have a good night. Okay, bye. Next next week, we're going to have Jim Mars on Friday and a lot in between. Stay Anthony Patch. Yeah, Anthony Patch on Monday. Oh, CERN news. That's going to be wild. Have a great one. 